Hey friends, welcome back to the Pulpit to Pew podcast. Let me ask you a question. Is it okay to question God? Well, today in our journey through the Bible, we are going to see a man who questioned God and find out what his conclusion was. Let's get started. Hello again and welcome back to day 236 in our journey through the Bible. I was thinking back over where we've been reading. We've been in Jeremiah the majority of the time. Every once in a while, this chronologically, the way that we are going through in order, uh, every once in a while to jump back to like Second Chronicles or Second Kings to kind of remind us, hey, you're in the kings and here's the king that was ruling, but here's the prophecy that was coming from Jeremiah. And we talked about Jeremiah last week, but there was a little book of the Bible, a little minor prophet that snuck in. I don't know if you noticed it. It's a minor prophet that I enjoy the study of. As a matter of fact, I remember when I moved back to town in 2017, um, after some things went on in my life, I remember my dad speaking on Habakkuk. Um, he didn't ever know how to call it. He called it Habakkuk. Some people maybe do that. Habakkuk is is how I understand it to be. But, uh, but he was speaking on that. And I remember just, I had heard this this book before and had some talked about it in college but I remember being impacted by the messages Habakkuk was a man that questioned God he struggled with what God was doing and allowing to happen to Judah and he wrote from a heart of really frustration early on and I've got so many books right now around me that I want to get to so let me put one down here let me pick another one up and talk a little bit about some of the basics of Habakkuk before I get into some great verses. Um, Habakkuk was written during the time, uh, during Jeremiah, as, as I just said. He's been during the same time period as Jeremiah. And he he was directed toward the religious and the political people of Judah. Remember the southern kingdom. It was about to be their time. They matter of fact, in Jeremiah, we just read that they've been taken captive by the Babylonians. And so Habakkuk was burdened by what is happening, and he's writing about that to Judah. And he was writing to uh, about this the oppression, oppression that they were facing, the oppression of the working class and some that was going on. He, There's a theme in here we're going to get to. I'm kind of hesitant. I'm trying to want to bounce into Habakkuk, so I'm, but I'm looking over here to make sure I cover everything. But but Habakkuk was the theme, if this book, if you were to try to capture out a theme as you read it, is the righteous will live by faith. And that's what kind of threw me for a little bit of a pause there for a second, because you may remember that that phrase came up in our Roman study, the just shall live by faith. Well, that was found right here also in the book of Habakkuk. So Habakkuk's a book that you're like, ah, it's a small book. You, many of you maybe never even read it before outside of this reading through chronologically. And if you're not reading with us, some of you say, I've never read the book of Habakkuk. Well, you ought to read it, slow down, do a little study. But in chapter 2, verse 4, he said, Behold, his soul, which is lifted up, is not upright in him, but the just shall live by faith. And that is what was written also in the book of Romans. It's written a few other times in the Bible. And so Habakkuk um, just got some great verses. But let, but the burden of him, you see in verse 1 of chapter 1, it says the burden which Habakkuk the prophet did see. He had a burden. 
And his burden was really a frustration with God and how God was, in his view, treating Judah and allowing them to be oppressed and allowing this to go on. I was reading Wearsby before I went live here. I should have uh, organized my stuff before I went live. But I was reading Wearsby, and, and he was mentioning some of the questions that Habakkuk had. You may notice these as you're reading. He didn't really he didn't say these exact words. This is obviously Wearsby summarizing, which just makes it helpful to understand. But the first question that he was getting at really in chapter one was this, why God, why are you so indifferent? Why are you just allowing this to happen, God? You seem to be doing nothing. The prophet was concerned. He said that he was looking at this and there's all kinds of problems these that are going on and nothing seems to be done. And then the last part of chapter one, God gives him or the second section of chapter one, God gives him some counsel. God assures him that, hey, I'm doing a work, that I've got a plan, and I'm working, and there's some sin that's being dealt with. And then in the second part of chapter 1, he he asks the question, God, why are you so inconsistent? Why are you inconsistent with this God? And so here he is, and he is questioning God. And that's our question for this week's study. Is it okay to question God? Now, to be honest, most of you on here, if we were honest and transparent, it's just you and me. You're listening to this something that's recorded later. You're driving in your car, you're walking, or you're doing whatever you're doing. Have you ever questioned God? In just the last few weeks, some pretty traumatic things have happened to people that I I, I know of them, or I am fam- I'm friends with, with their family. I heard of one five-year-old girl over in Illinois. All she did was go to a fair. She she got up and she went with her family to a fair. And in her mind, this was going to be a great day. And little did she know that that would be the last day she walked on this earth. Because tragic accident would happen with one of the gates and it would fly out into the crowd and it would it would strike her and she was going to die five years old i was talking with a co-worker about that story and he said he said that his family his in-laws were getting ready to go to a funeral of another five-year-old boy up in northern indiana this five-year-old boy went in to put tubes in his ears that's all just get tubes in your ears. My little niece has had that done. So all he was doing was getting tubes put in his ears. He came back from that little outpatient surgery, no big deal, went to sleep, woke up, had some blood in his ear. They didn't think too much of it. They took him to the hospital. They had him checked out at Riley. Riley said, oh, I don't, you know, I don't think it's much. It's really, it, it, it's probably just from the surgery. He should be fine. He went home, went to bed. Woke up, blood coming out of his ears and out of his nose. They rushed him to the hospital, but it was too late. A little five-year-old boy died. What had happened when they put those tubes in is they had nicked an artery or in his in his brain. And he was bleeding, and he bled out and died. Situations like that happen, and we as Christians have a difficult time. It's it's these type of situations that that cause the unbeliever 
to harden themselves against God. I was reading a fiction book recently. I've read a bunch of them this year. I think I'm just 21 so far this year. I've read a lot of books this year. And I was reading a fiction book. I won't say it because I don't necessarily recommend it to everybody. But it was a, it was a good book. But the, the main person in the book was very anti-religious though. And he would use tragedies like the two I've just described to you to hate God in a sense. And to rebel against God, he in the in the the main person in the in the show. What do you call those? The pro, protagonist. But either way, the the main person in the book, he probably had grown up in church. He knew the scriptures, but because his mom had died young, he was angry and bitter towards God, and he refused any anything that had to do with with religion. And that's, it's a difficult story. It's a difficult topic to discuss because when tragedy strikes, those of faith still doubt. Those of faith still question. Those of faith still get upset and heartbroken. And so it's in those moments that we ask God, why? Why did you allow this? And so for the, for, the, um, for the unbeliever, they face challenges and it hardens them. But for the believer, it also is a very difficult challenge. So how do we face this? How do we deal with this? Well, my, my goal in this podcast is not to answer those questions. I think sometimes we do more harm in trying to answer the, the why. I think that we... And it seems like a scapegoat answer, but there are times when we just have to realize that we're not going to have a great answer. We don't know. It's why we live by faith. That God is working behind the scenes. That God will, can take what is evil and turn it to good. God can take what is a tragedy and turn it to good. But the why we may not always find out. And no matter who tries, there's no great answer. There's answers, but there's no great answer. There's no really comforting answer in all of it. And so it's it's a tough spot. It's what hardens some people to just stay away from religion and God. And it's what causes others to doubt and question, but to say, hey, we live by faith. And Habakkuk struggled with some of those questions as he faced some difficult times. But in the end, when God answered him, God answered, he said, hey, there is some unrighteousness that's going on with Judah. And I want to be careful to say, I don't want anyone to leave here thinking that what happened in those two scenarios that I said, or what's happened maybe in your life is because of some sin. That's not what I'm saying. I don't believe that that is God disciplining you and taking away a loved one because of sin. I'm not saying that. But in this case, God was saying, hey, there was some sin, there's some unrighteousness that I'm dealing with, and and I'm working behind the scenes. I will bring glory to myself in this. But Habakkuk had a change of heart, and he said in chapter 3, he says, O Lord, I have heard thy speech and was afraid. O Lord, revive thy work in the midst of the years. I love this verse, and we're coming up on revival meetings. He says, God, I want you to revive your work. I want you to bring 
glory to yourself. I want you to bring our nation back to you through this difficult time. He says, God, revive thy work in the midst of thy years. In the midst of the in the midst of thy years, make known. In wrath, remember mercy. He cried out to God and said, God, I understand you're pouring out some wrath here, but would you remember mercy? And then at the end of this, I need to wrap this up, but at the end of this whole book, he 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 gives some wonderful verses that for some of you, if you have to have the answer to some of these whys, you're going to be disappointed when you end this podcast. Some of it I just can't, I, I, you can't give. It's trust, it's faith, it's, there's not always an answer. But I love what Habakkuk, how he ended this. He said, although the fig tree shall not blossom, you know, even though the fig tree that he may have, it, it may not blossom like it's supposed to. Neither shall fruit be in the vines like they're supposed to. The labor of the olives shall fail, and the field shall yield no meat. The flock shall be cut off from the fold, and there shall be no herd in the stall. So everything so far he said is bad. He says this, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. The Lord God is my strength, and he will make my feet like hinds feet, and will make me to walk upon my places to the chief singer on my stringed instruments. He says, listen, I may not get all the answers and everything may go wrong, yet I'm making a conscious choice that I'm going to still rejoice in the Lord. Some look at that and say it's weak. Some look at that and say it's a cop-out. But as a Christian who lives by faith, who trusts that God is sovereign, that God is working, that God knows, God loves, and God cares, we say, though everything may fail around us, yet will I choose to rejoice in the Lord. It's not easy. And so let's answer the original question. Is it okay to question God? I think the answer to that is yes. We see David the psalmist many times crying out to God. We see Habakkuk here questioning, crying out to God. We see many others. And the answer is not because they did it, we can do it. But here's where the crux of the matter is. If we're questioning God to know him more and it's drawing us close to God, I think it's okay. If we're questioning God and it's driving us away and it's accusing in a sense, instead of trying to say, God, instead of a heart of brokenness, you got to understand there's going to be brokenness and tragedy. God knows and God cares. I do think there's times when we say, God, why? And I've talked on this podcast many times. There's been some wrestling matches that I've had with God where I've looked to heaven and and cried and got kind of vocal in my prayers saying, God, why are you allowing this? Why are you doing this? When are you going to step up and when are you going to help? But it always brings me back to this, God, I'm just going to trust you. And I love what Habakkuk said, though, all those things are wrong. No figs on the trees. There's no, no fruit on the vines. There's no cattle in the fields. The field, the, the barns are empty. Yet will I rejoice in the Lord. So my question for you today is this. Will you choose, no matter what, to rejoice in the Lord? Have a great week.